that metal interview. Destruction's very own Smear checks in with that metal interview podcast with your friend James. He checks in all the way from Germany. And he talks to us about the situation of destruction in the future and the situation coming up in August where he says some doors have opened to do some uh, concerts and gigs in in Europe, parts of Europe, that is. And all this pandemic deal is not over yet, but it's a little bit under control. It's getting there, so a step at a time. Anyways, meanwhile, you guys can check out our podcast on YouTube. You can check out our podcast on all digital formats, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Tune in and so on, so on, so forth. That middle interview with James had the pleasure of speaking with the frontman Smear of the legendary Destruction, the Destruction from Germany. And he also speaks to us about the Big Four, the German Big Four, that is. For any of you that have not heard what that is, the German Big Four is supposed to be the Big Four bands from Germany that might do a tour sometime in the future, as soon as uh, law permits and the pandemic deal uh, passes on over. So he'll talk to you about that so you guys can check it out. Uh, so let's go on and talk to Schmier. Enjoy. How's everything in Germany? Yeah, things are getting back to normal step by step we just had some good news in the last weeks and uh, it's getting it's getting better we had uh, yesterday an announcement for for possible concerts in august already that means in august it's going to be allowed to make shows until 500 people capacity and uh, also i live at the swiss border here in germany still but at the swiss border and switzerland already has Concerts up to 300 people, club shows are allowed up to 300. So, uh, wow, that's we awesome. Might, we, might, we might have uh, shows this summer. That's actually the best news uh, of the year because everybody expected the first shows earliest in September, but now it seems that uh, already in July and August uh, we're already going to have shows, maybe. Wow, that's awesome. Awesome news for the fans. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's about time, you know, people are getting, going crazy slowly. You see the world is, uh, is going mad. Uh, people are killing themselves on Facebook about bullshit. And uh, yeah. it's, people are all disturbed and, and locked up. And, you know, it, it's time that, you know, some kind of normal life comes back. And uh, I think it's important to, to socialize again, um, step by step, of course. But, uh, yeah, I can, I can feel it too, the need to... To go out again and play, it's been tough for everybody, I guess. That's for sure. Um, <clears throat> it's been about 38 years since the beginning of Destruction, right? Um, you were there as a founder, of course. What was different in the metal scene back back then, uh, in 1982, I believe, right? Um, uh, obviously, the internet, yeah. internet is a big factor, of course. Oh, yeah, the internet wasn't, 
was even uh, you know, thought at that time. I think uh, the, the biggest difference is that there was nobody except us at the time. In our scene here, in the southwest of Germany, in this corner between Switzerland, France and Germany, um, we were the first ones that listened to metal. Like, Destruction basically was a bunch of kids that were metalheads, the first metalheads in, in, in the area. And we founded the band and we were hanging out. And uh, over the years, more and more people came and, you know, heavy metal became kind of more famous. And the scene was growing, but at the beginning it was just us basically and a couple of friends that uh, were the only ones. So that was kind of crazy and uh, communication was very difficult and uh, everything had to be going by post. You know, we were getting the first tape traders uh, stuff from America when you had the first demos from Metallica and Slayer and, and Hyrex and other bands. Yeah. And everything, everything took time, you know. Uh, it, was, it was difficult to get information. Also, there was no magazines at that time. And uh, we had to get our information from England. Uh, England had the Kerrang! magazine at that time already. Yeah. It was like the only, the only hard rock magazine in, in Europe. So we had to get uh, the Kerrang! magazine from England imported to get news information about new bands and stuff. So everything was very complicated. Also, the record stores at that time didn't have any metal stuff. Uh, there was only one, one store in Switzerland that had uh, heavy metal records. Uh, we always had to go over the border to Switzerland to buy all stuff. And everything was complicated, you know. Heavy metal was kind of new and, uh, and uh, yeah, it was kind of the music for outsiders. Wow. Uh, what keeps you going after 30 years or so of playing? I mean, what, what keeps you, what drives you to pick up a bass, a mic, uh, what's the secret? I think, uh, you know, when you, of course, uh, my music, my passion became my job at one point. And we're in the lucky position that we can still do this after all those years uh, on a professional level. And then it becomes, at one point, it just becomes your life, you know. It's not just a normal job. It's not like a day job that you can put away when you go home and, uh, and you know, the job is over. It's basically something that is always around you, and uh, I basically work for the band every day, uh, doing internet stuff and uh, answering emails or updating websites and doing interviews. So there's always something to do. So basically, the passion became a job, and the job became life. You know? So I think that's 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 the thing that. Uh, uh, also people telling me now hey you're in the business for 40 years uh, when are you going to retire and stuff and you know as a musician you don't retire it's something that goes with you to the end you know so I really hope I can play my music till uh, you know nobody wants to hear it anymore or till I'm too old to play but uh, you don't just stop playing because uh, yeah. music is very inspiring you know music, music is freedom music is art Music uh, cleans cleans your head, makes people happy. There's so much positive things in music, so I think that's why musicians usually don't stop. They go, they go on till they die. That's very true. Awesome. It's just part of you. It's part of your your life, your body, and your mind. Yep. Exactly. Now, uh, you. I noticed. Uh, I've been following you guys since the Live Without Sands back in the '80s and the live album. Um, now, Mike, your guitar player Mike and yourself have been playing together since then. Uh, talk to us about your, your friendship with uh, with Mike. Oh, 
know, we know each other really well. You know, it's like a, it's like when you're married to the same wife for 35 years also. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know the up and downsides. You know, you know when the other part has bad mood, and then you just go your own ways. You know, we know how to avoid each other when we when we uh, when we need our space, and we have usually very much of the same opinions about a lot of things. I think that's the most important thing about the cooperation as a friendship, as a partnership uh, in anything that you do. You know, you, you got to be at the same mindset. And we have the, we're very di different kind of people, you know. Uh, but when it comes to music and to the to the background of destruction, and uh, we have a lot of the same opinions, and I think that really matters. That's why we can do this also for so long together. Because uh, when we have a vision about the band, about a new album, about the tour, about anything, we agree really quick on certain things because we have the same mindset, you know. And that's very important, I think, to have a, a good uh, cooperation with a you know we become a friend. But also, uh, over the years, you know, people change, and you know, you, you might, be, you know, have different interests after a while. But uh, we can kind of cooperate really good because everybody, when we're private, when we're home, everybody has his own life. And once uh, the band is active, which is basically the whole year, um, we usually find good ways to communicate and you know, uh, kind of make decisions together in a good way for the band. Awesome. Well, you guys have been making great, great music and great, great decisions, of course, for sure. We try our best, you know, not every album you do is the best album you ever recorded, you know. Uh, we have recorded many records and sometimes uh, there's difficult times and then maybe your album is not the album that you're going to be proud of uh, some years later, but uh, basically every album is like a baby and somehow every album is special. And sometimes I'm, you know, also try to see, you know, what did we do wrong on this record? I, I listen to all the albums and, and try to find out what's good, the positive sides about a record that we did some years ago. And uh, sometimes uh, I, I see a lot of, you know, similarity in the way your life goes, the way you write music, and uh, you're much more successful as a songwriter when things are in line, you know, when your life is in order, you get a good mindset for the music, then you produce better music. When your life is disturbed and you have problems, and maybe the lineup has problems, you know, people don't get along so well, then you also, the album is very not as good. So I could really see that this is an important thing that the band has to be in a positive vibe to, to work together. Now, I've seen an interview where uh, you, you mentioned a uh, drummer. Randy Black is your favorite drummer, and I agree. Um, I've been a fan of Randy since his days with Annihilator. Uh, was there an audition, or was Randy the guy? I mean, he—he's uh, the first time I saw him. I was like really impressed, and since the years we became friends, and of course I saw him with the other bands he played. He played with Primal Fear, some other German band for a while. So. Uh, uh, we stayed in contact and actually he was 
he was uh, like 11 years ago or so when we were looking for a drummer and we were, we were talking to him already and at that time he was in front of fear and yeah. I didn't want to I didn't want to steal him away from, from the other German band yeah. like, it's like a bad, bad taste you know so I, t I told him Randy who, you know he was interested also but he said I said we cannot do this because it's going to be you know going to be bad blood between the bands and we don't want that yeah. but then when, when he left the band and we were looking actually for a temporary drummer for helping out when our our drummer at the end at the time uh, had a baby and his wife wanted him to be home uh, for the birth of the baby, the second baby. Uh, he couldn't go on tour with us in America. We brought Randy on this American tour. It was eight weeks together with Sepultura. It was like uh, four years ago or so, I think. And uh, at that time, Randy. You know, he, he played like uh, about 35 or so shows with us. Oh. And uh, since, that, since that time, we knew he would be a really good drummer for Destruction. And uh, when our drummer finally left because of his family and his kids, um, we asked Randy if he would, you know, like to help us out uh, for the uh, for the tours we had because we had a lot of tours lined up. and. Uh, we needed a drummer quick, we didn't want to postpone anything, so we needed a drummer that is capable to play all the, you know, the songs quick and uh, we knew Randy would be the guy, so luckily he had time and that was basically it. We actually planned to audition some more drummers, we all actually auditioned one more drummer at that time, but actually Randy, uh, he's such a perfectionist when he plays drums, you know, he made such a good job uh, yes. uh, that then we kind of uh, also all, all our crew people it's like a family you know uh, they, they all uh, you know everybody came to me and said can we keep can we keep randy you know he's such a great drummer and also a nice guy and you know so it kind of was a slow step that basically out of his uh, his uh, helping out situation for us uh, he, he, he stayed in the band. We asked him at one point and said, hey, don't you want to stay with us? Uh, I think it's working pretty good, you know. That's how he stayed in the band. So we actually never really auditioned much other drummers at the time because uh, he was a perfect guy. Yep, I agree. That's a perfect, perfect guy. Um, any, here's a different question. Um, what is your favorite gig and what's your worst gig that you've experienced? Oh, I think it's a very difficult question because favorite gig is kind of something that doesn't really exist because there's always uh, a different highlight, a new highlight. Sometimes it can be very intense, small club shows, sweaty and crazy squeeze atmosphere, you know. Uh, but it can also be a, a big festival, so yeah. it's difficult to, to say which one is really the, the best. I think. Uh, the biggest festival we ever played uh, was in, in uh, Colombia, Rock El Parque. Uh, it, it's 120,000 uh, wow. crazy Colombian fans. Wow. It was really like mosh pits looked like the eye of, of a tornado, you know, thousands of people in a mosh pit. Insane. Wow. I think it was one of the most impressive shows we ever played. But also, I think you know, some of the club shows can be very intense and. and uh, uh, you know, when, when the sweat drops from the roof and the crowd is just so much into it. Uh, I personally think uh, the thrash metal shows are, are more intense when it's in, in the club than on a huge stage, you know. But uh, of course, huge stages are also nice to play. 
Really? During our show, about that, four times during the show we lost power. Yeah. And you know, nowadays uh, all the uh, equipment uh, is digital, so the front of house, the mixing desk, everything is uh, digital. So when, when you lose power, all the digital desk needs like minutes to load up again. You know, yeah. because all, the sig- all the signals are back. It's like when your phone is gone, you know. So, so we had to, four times we had to break down the concerts. The you know the equipment had to load up again, and then we could start again. That was actually really miserable. Uh, or we had a, a show once in uh, in Wacken also where the same happened. When we stood in front of uh, sixty thousand people, and because of the rain and uh, a thunderstorm. We just completely lost power in front of 60,000 people, and uh, that was kind of, that feels really bad, you know, when, 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 when you kind of uh, have no more control over the show, you know, and there's a lot of people waiting there, and they expect you to play, and you can't play because you have no more power on stage. Yeah. I think that's, that's the worst situation for a musician. Wow, what a horrible situation, huh? Yeah, it is, but actually the crowd uh, yeah. reacted really good. You know, they kind of uh, yeah. were kind of cheering and, and screaming, and you know, they kind of uh, took the time well to, to keep the atmosphere. And uh, when we continued the show, actually, it turned out to be a great ending. You know, people stayed. You know, sometimes I remember we had once also a thunderstorm in, in a show in France, open air festival where. Uh, the crowd completely had to run away from, because the thunderstorm was so intense that yeah. it cleared completely the festival. That was really bad, also. But yeah, that's you know, that happens. Wow, uh, that happens. You know, um, I've heard the the term. I don't know if you heard this this before. Uh, the German Big Four. Um, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Has there been an offer on that, or, or will fans ever uh, see yeah. something like that? Do you think? Yeah, they've been talked about it, and uh, we would really love to do it. But you know, all the bands have to agree on the touring schedules and on the uh, on the terms and conditions. And it seems not so easy to make it happen. Now we had a talk uh, some months ago about it, and I thought it's going to happen, but now it's everything's pushed back, and then Corona came also. So I think it's not going to happen in the next. In the next year, uh, hopefully, the fans can, can keep on demanding it because disruption from our side, we're actually ready to go. I think it's something we should do soon because all the bands are still healthy and doing good, you know, and you, you never know how long the situation will last. So it's really something that will be a worldwide sensational tour, and many fans are waiting for it. So I. Uh, I always say, hey, it's not just my decision, you know, we're, we're ready to do it, and hopefully the other bands will agree to it one day. Wow, that, that would be a treat for the fans, awesome. Um, yeah, it would. Um, we know there's been a, a Headhunter reunion in the past, of course. Uh, can fans expect anything uh, more from Headhunter? I think it's going to be super difficult because... Uh, we three guys are still in touch, you know, but everybody has his own business running and uh, um, Jörg, our drummer, 
Uh, he's working for a production manager for Wacken and other big festivals. He's not really drumming anymore. He, he stopped playing drums. And as a drummer, it's going to be very difficult, you know, to come back when you when you don't play frequently anymore. So you all live far away from each other, and everybody has you know different things going on, you know. So I think it will be very difficult to uh, to do another album. But I always say never say never. You know, maybe one day we all will have time, and we will feel that it's it's possible to do it again. But but therefore. At the moment, I think uh, I don't see it happening really. Uh, here's my here's my opinion. Uh, as far as uh, adding the extra guitar player, uh, Damir, is that the right pronunciation? Yeah, Damir. Yeah. Damir, how did you find him? He's great, you know. He's a um, he's a friend of ours, and uh, he's uh, the husband of uh, the guitar player from Burning Witches, which is like a female heavy metal band. Yeah. And I'm kind of. The girls and producing the girls also, and uh, all the girls I kind of you know became close with him, and his band also supported Destruction before on one European tour some years ago, and yeah we became friends and uh, he's a insane player and great guy and uh, once we were looking for the guitar player we said you know for the last album before we recorded I said it's time now to, to do the step to you know to get a second player in the band because we always talked about it we never did it and uh, we, we thought Damir is a great a great guy for this job you know we we have a guitar player that's from our region and uh, yeah. that's a good friend also so uh, it was just at the right time to finally do it and he was thrilled he's a big destruction fan and uh, he's a big fan of music in general so for him it was a big step up in the game to finally you know play on a more professional level and uh, yeah it's the band sounds great now that's why we also did the live album because uh, of course because of corona because we had some time and uh, but also to show the fans that you know the four piece is working really well now wow great addition now let's talk about uh your new live album born to thrash a nuclear blast of course 10 badass live tracks uh, talk to us about this uh live record yeah it could be some more but uh, we, we never thought that we would do a live album so quick and it wasn't really planned to record the show it was actually a friend of mine that was there with recording equipment recorded some other bands and he recorded us and surprised us after the show and said hey i got this recording from you guys and we, we all of a sudden we had this recording of the show that we didn't have use for until corona came and then it was like basically life-saving for us you know that we that we had something in our back that uh, will help us in those times of corona to make a little money stay connected with the fans and you know kind of get over it and uh, otherwise i think the album would be a little longer with some more songs but just the show uh, at the party sound festival was a great show and it sounded great and the band had a good day we played well so we said hey why not releasing it as a uh, 
as a, as a little extra in these times we can't tour we cannot present the new lineup to the people yeah. uh, we only we only toured in Europe so far many fans all over the world are waiting to see us live with a new lineup and why don't we do this live album even if it has just 10 songs but it's a, it's a great best offset list with some new songs also and yeah I think it was a good decision that we did it you know it's uh, especially now in Corona times and the way we did it also as, as a as a digital release first, and also people can stream the album before it comes out in summer already. So to catch a little bit of destruction vibe in those difficult times. Great, great album. I heard it. It's awesome. Whoever hasn't heard it, you guys have to hear it. So uh, yeah, check it out. It's, all, it's on all the uh, online portals, basically on the streaming portals. Now, after the after all this pandemic passes, um, what can fans expect from Smear and Destruction? What what's next for the band? Uh, we, we're ready to go back on the road, you know, basically. I think it's, it's going to be, uh, hopefully, in some weeks or that we can play here in Europe again, you know. That's what we're all expecting. So, um, we're not sure yet, but uh, we also want to reschedule uh, the American uh, tour for February or March. So, hopefully, also, uh, that's going to happen. We, we have to wait, you know. Everything is kind of complicated at the moment because every country has different rules and here in Europe it seems uh, Corona is more under control again and in uh, some other countries like Brazil or the States also it seems it's going to take a while until normal life comes back so we have to wait and see basically for us is uh, we're going to start you know writing some new songs this summer but I don't think we're going to do a new album so quick we want to go back on the road as soon as possible and yeah. and then next year next year uh, maybe uh, do, do an album next year that comes out end of next year or beginning of 2022 you know we have, we have to see it's, there's no rush for the album because Want to Perish the last album yeah. is, it's just like 10 months old at this moment you know so yeah. we still want to play, we still want to play live and present present those songs to the fans yeah born to perish yeah awesome awesome stuff yep uh is there a message you want to send uh, your fans uh listening to this podcast yeah i want to say thanks for supporting all over those years you know we still appreciate it to be here after 37 years still being a part of the scene uh, we're all missing the live shows we're looking forward to come back on the road I hope uh, the fans are the same they, I think everybody's missing going back into the clubs and uh, breathing some real metal live so we're all excited to come back and hopefully we're going to be back on the road soon thanks for support awesome Shmir uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you on the road and uh, hopefully everything turns out quick and the gigs come around quick <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's getting there. We're positive. Uh, I think uh, maybe it's, it's faster than we all thought. I think the big, the big shows will be a problem. You know, the big, the big shows. You know, big venues and big festivals. It will maybe take a little while, but uh, smaller, smaller events are gonna be possible. So that's at least some good news. Awesome. All right. Okay, Jeff. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, see you hopefully on tour. Thank you, Shmir. Thank you for making time and uh, keep rocking. Thank okay. you. Pleasure, of course. Born to Thrash, Nuclear Blast, Records, Destruction, Born to Thrash. Check it out online. It's available everywhere on digital format and will be very, very soon on other formats. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
that metal interview podcast uh don't forget to share 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 uh thank you for supporting our podcast that metal interview uh check it out on uh, iHeartRadio, spotify google podcast and so on and don't forget to rock out every day with j-rocks metalzone.com we play all kinds of rock metal new metal old metal new rock old rock new releases and for the latest birthdays rock birthdays latest album release anniversaries of course go to jrocksmetalzone.com uh we thank smear of destruction for spending some time with us so thank you smear thank you for uh speaking to us uh over your life and your career past and present and future so thank you and don't forget to support destruction online buy their stuff uh stream it buy go to their website uh purchase uh merchandise support the band and for that matter support all metal bands support all rock bands my name is james and i really thank you guys for tuning in to that metal interview podcast and jrocksmetalzone.com and don't forget to keep it metal That metal interview.